This is College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for Division I women's college soccer with Old Miss head coach Matt Mott, Rice head coach Brian Lee, and special guest Duke head coach Robbie Church. Give a listen, tell a friend. Now let's go to Coach Mott and Coach Lee. Dum, dum, dum. College Soccer Nation. How How is it today? It's a Tuesday evening. This is Matt Mott, the head soccer coach of the Old Miss Rebel, one of the creators of College Soccer Nation, I might add. Uh, I am here, as always, with Brian Lee, the head coach of the Rice Owls. Brian, Tuesday evening, games are coming, but we're here in the middle of the week to talk some college soccer and whatever else we come up with. Uh, good evening. How are things in Houston? Uh, things are beautiful. But before we got to that, get to that, I got a little uh, two-prong thing for you. Okay. Somewhere in that intro, you came up with some wonderful theme music. <laughs> we'll hum along. <laughs> Yeah. And then managed to throw in a self shout out. <laughs> really good, wasn't it? It's impressive. <laughs> That's two really good. worked both of those in. Yeah, and, and within like twenty seconds of each other, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Hey, uh, I got big news! Big news for College Soccer Nation. We just went over thirty thousand downloads. Pretty awesome. Our little, you know, think about Darren's clapping for us. Think about thirty as uh, thirty thousand seat arena. Everybody in that arena has downloaded our show. Pretty that, good. That's like a uh, a Bruce Springsteen concert. It is. It that's is right. It okay. is. A Bruce Springsteen yeah. concert full. Um, impressive. Yeah. Way to go from how the many, co-creator. How, one of the co-creators. Yeah, yes. Yes. How, how many? Uh, how many of the downloads are your your mom? Uh, at least how probably two times a show. <laughs> it, nice. It's it's a win win. Yeah. So, you know, then I don't have to do the weekly phone call. She just gets to hear my voice on the podcast, and that's enough. For oh, me. there you go. Yeah, well, you're she, always you're says, she always says, it's so nice you have friends. <laughs> <laughs> she does. It's serious. <laughs> it's great. All right. So uh, one quick topic before we get uh, we bring the mayor in. Um, so I don't know if you saw. Uh, and God, I meant to look it up, and I forgot to. I, po- I apologize. Um, what we. I saw Chris Henderson tweeted that a game started and the weather was so bad they moved fields. I've never heard of that before. So one game played on two different fields. Um based because of what and obviously we had the hurricane come through and just devastation in Florida and we feel bad for all those people affected. And I mean, I'm a boat owner, I'm a huge boat guy, lake guy, and the some of those pictures of those boats are just heartbreaking and obviously that's the minor detail of people that passed that died and all of the destruction but anyway when we focus on college soccer nation and in college soccer so that's really what we're going to talk about a lot of games affected this week by it and then obviously this change in fields i think number one is pretty impressive by the teams to figure it out so they could play and number two um have you ever heard of such a thing brian i have not the and I wonder what the difference between the two fields was. Obviously, weather same in the city. The second one could have been turf. Yeah, I'm assuming it is a high school turf football stadium. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so, um, so here's my thing, and this is the topic we want to talk about. It's interesting, right? Because you have people like in Michigan or in Idaho or Montana that have no idea what it's like when these hurricanes come through. Right, and I watched uh, watched plenty of games. I was watching the Sanford Greensboro game, and it is just raining sideways. And these guys are out there playing, and it's windy. And luckily, Greensboro has a great pitch, and it drains, and there's no problem. But it does it does beg to to ask the question: it, we when we are preparing for the season, 
in June, July, May, whenever. You're not preparing for weather, are you? So now all of a sudden you're doing all these things, but and now you're hit with game changes and time changes. And, and you know, it's interesting in college soccer, like the pitch the pitch is not the same everywhere. Like maybe it's an EPL. They all play perfect, you know, fields and perfect pitch, the perfect pitch. In college soccer, you could get anything and and then and then throw in turf. And what kind of advantage is turf, Brian? Oh, massive. It, 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 someone asked a question the other day, would the SEC let a team put in turf? Which the answer is absolutely if they want to. Right. And everybody acts like home field advantage, you know, is just uh, the town you're in or how hard it is to get to a place. Crowds, yeah. Home field advantage is having a field that's much different than anybody's used to playing on. Yeah. The maybe great example, we played at Louisiana Tech last week. Beautiful new complex would be middle of the pack SEC complex. Fields, fantastic, awesome building down the end. Well, we won four one. Two years ago, we went and played uh, a Louisiana Tech team that's probably not nearly as good as this one. And they didn't have their new stadium. So we were playing at a high school football stadium mm. with old school turf, 55 yards wide. And we were blessed to get out 2-2. Mm. You know, That's so having turf, let's say an SEC team did put in turf. What a home field advantage well, that would be. Well, Texas Tech has it, right? Think about Power 5. Oh, they do. How many Power 5s have it? Texas Tech has it. Northwest. And it's, oh, there's two, Northwestern. No. Right? And Churchy's saying something. What do you got, Churchy? ACC has two. Oh, Pittsburgh and Boston. Pittsburgh has it too. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh and Boston College. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Robbie Church, by the way. Our mayor is coming in. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Join us with this conversation, Churchy. I think it's interesting. It's it's clearly a a home field advantage for Texas Tech. Playing out there is tough, not to mention the win. But I was going to make back to your point, Brian. I was going to make the point Auburn. 78 yards wide. Who yep. has a field that big by 120? Wow. It's massive, right? We obviously kind of rely on a long throw. And when you're throwing it out there, I mean, it's not going as far, right? And guys taking corner kicks. And it's uh, it's a little bit of an advantage for sure. My buddy's the groundkeeper there. I have a, a, I've been buddy for 30, almost 40 years now. 92, I met him. as groundskeeper at, at Auburn. And and he takes care of that pitch. And it, if you ever played at Auburn, it's perfect. It's always perfect. But I always say to Mitch, why is it so damn big? And he's like, Coach Hoffman wants it big. So uh, I didn't realize it when I was there. But now as you go back, it is, it is a, it's an advantage for them. But the worst part is you can't ever make subs because the ball never goes out of bounds. Yeah. But Churchy, what's it like playing up at Boston College on the turf there, or Pittsburgh? Yeah, their new turf is good. It's, it's nice. It was much better, you know, obviously weather concerns. Men's and women's both played on the field for years and years. And it depends on when you got scheduled. If you got scheduled in early September, field was okay. If you got scheduled in October, in middle to late October, the field was terrible because of the weather and because both teams played on it. So now you at least know the surface is going to be, you know, somewhat decent to play on. Yeah. And the same thing at Pittsburgh. Pitt, Pitt's really big turf, and it doesn't really feel like you're, you know, playing on turf. It's it's a nice turf. And, you know, I, I think some of the, the questions come is like, what do you do the week that you play Boston College or the week that you play, you know, yeah, Pittsburgh? Yeah. We have turf, we have turf that our lacrosse teams work on. So sometimes we go over there and, you know, what's two day, what's two days on the turf going to do? Yeah. Uh, it's more than, than, you know, we have a really nice grass practice field. So we typically stay on that and, and, and make the changes, you know, for the players, 
over the last five years, it's not a big deal like it used to be. I think, I think mm. you know, five years and to 10 years, it used to be a really big deal changing, uh, changing the surfaces for the players. But now there's turf everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the players are playing – probably a lot of them play more on turf than they are on grass. Oh, as no, club players, right? no question turf about it. Turf everywhere. Yeah. No question about it, too. So, it's you know, it's, it's, it, it's not – it's an advantage, yes, but I don't think it's as big advantage as maybe it used to be. But I'd rather have that than a really crappy grass field at the end of October that both the men's team and the women's team and the weather has has affected the play on too and let me jump in too also we played a game at wake forest and played on two fields oh uh, wow. when i was at, when i was at unc charlotte oh, see, we played he's, he's, showing, he's dating himself i am uh, dating myself. Dating <laughs> just look at me you can date myself over here too so uh at unc charlotte we played we went and i think we were in the 65th minute and all power went out Every everything went out on the main stadium, but somehow on the practice field. If you've been to Wake, you know their practice field is right beside the main stadium. Yep. So here we go. All the teams were moving goals. The fans were around. <laughs> they came out of the stands. They're moving. We're lining off. We're lining off the field. So we played from you know the 65th minute to the 90th minute. Uh, we started on the main game field and we finished up on the on the practice field. Wow, so, crazy. Uh, we we Crazy. do have a how, how was the weather to you this weekend? Uh, I mean, I know you guys didn't play in it, but yeah, we, Thursday, Friday, yeah, Saturday, yeah. Uh, Friday, Friday was really bad, and that was when we were supposed to play Virginia. Um, you know, I wish we had a little bit more hindsight that we could have moved it to Thursday night. It was great. Mm. Um, and then we ended up pushing it to Sunday afternoon, and uh, you know, obviously, obviously they won. Um, and, and did a good job. Game was a good game. But, you know, we, we actually tried to get in, both Steve and I, we really wanted to get in, but it got to the point where on Thursday the uh, the storm shifted east a little mm. bit. And then, then about four or five inches of rain came and, and the wind gusts were 40 miles to 50 miles yeah. an hour. So, yeah, so brutal. A lot, a lot of power. But just, but yeah, it's just an interesting time, right, that you don't really realize. And if you're not – like we had beautiful sunshine, perfect weather – Everything was great all weekend long. You know, you don't realize that in another part of the country, it's yeah. shoot, it's devastation in some areas. So, um, no, it's it's interesting. I, I agree with you, though, with the players. Like, now they're so used to playing on turf. It's not as big a deal anymore, for sure. And the quality of the turf is so good. Yeah. yeah. I, that's what I was going to ask you, Brian. There's my your, your first percentage question of the night. What percentage or what? However, how would you quantify – the best turf in the country or the best turf possible mm -hmm. to a normal soccer pitch. What's the difference? Um, and I think it's pretty negligible. Do you now, really? Nowadays. I, I think it's really close to playing like yeah. grass personally. Yeah. Uh, and it has to be high end and it can't be old, yeah. um, but the the modern turf's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we haven't left our grass field. I think I was just thinking about it, but the last two years to train before we played Pitt or Boston College. Mm -hmm. Wow. Both of their both of their turf fields are, yeah. are good. Yeah. All right, well, good. let's move on, boys. Hey, That's one, good one more uh, field question yeah. though: yeah. Is Arkansas still like slanted in the back <laughs> left corner of their field? It Isn't is that the strangest yeah. thing. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did tell me. He did tell me um, they're redoing the field this year, but he wants to keep it that way just to piss everybody <laughs> off. <laughs> <Where's> <laughs> uh, it is. It is. Uh, it is a little bit of a hill there. All right. Um, uh, all right, so segment two, we're going to play a little game. Uh, you know, we like these games now. They've kind of become part of it. 
<laughs> called Overrated or Underrated. So I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions in different areas of soccer and maybe, you know, some other things we'll get into. And uh, and you can say overrated or underrated based on what the question is. All right. Pretty simple. This one's pretty easy, Brian. Pay attention, though, so you don't have to repeat. I don't have to repeat the question seven times or you figure out what it is. All right. First one's very easy. You have a Sunday game. Your opponent doesn't have a game on Thursday. You do have a game on Thursday. Is that game, is that an overrated or underrated lack of rest? Do you think the lack of rest is overrated or underrated? If a team doesn't play on Thursday, your opponent doesn't play on Thursday, you do, and then you both play on Sunday, each other on Sunday. I think it's overrated in how much the coaches and we all complain about it when we're in that situation compared to what the results bear out. I think back in the day, a Friday, Sunday, totally yeah. different argument. But – Thursday, Sunday, it's a it's a small advantage, but I don't think it's usually an advantage that sorts out the winner. So you're saying the complaining of that is overrated. Overrated, Matt. Churchy? Overrated. You know, I'm gonna go to the other side. I think it's underrated. I, you know, there's nothing it makes it depends on, you know, I know everybody you have a hard time sometimes finding finding those games. But, you know, there's nothing that really makes me probably matter than to have a team that just doesn't tell you they don't yeah. have that game. You I'm know, in they, your camp, Churchy. Me and Pitchell have been this forever. Don't tell you. Yeah. Hey, if they call up and say, you know, I'm working my butt off. I'm trying to find this game. I can't find this. I can't find this game. I'll update you. I'll keep you updated. That's great. And I know it's not that, you know, I think it's just sportsmanship that they they let you know that we've got it, you know. Uh, I, the game don't look don't look two weeks before the game starts yeah. and you're like holy crap. oh no so but we, we make we've started putting it on co- in contracts have to play that's because i think it's total upside so i disagree with brian too i'm with you i'm in the camp we make it even and me some sportsmanship all right next one we gotta move because there's a lot of these this is a good one creating a college cup at the same weekend for men and women at the same venue would smash ESPN's college TV soccer ratings over, overrated or underrated? So, in other words, let's say it all comes to Cary and there's a soccer festival in Cary with the men's and women's like we did during the COVID. Will that kill the TV ratings or not change it at all? It'll smash it, is my opinion, especially if it's an eight-team college cup where you really get a festival feel. I, I think Kerry does such a good job. It'd be the ideal place to do it. And the ratings would go through the roof. And in five years, it would feel like Omaha and Oklahoma City. Wow. That's a big statement. I, I, I agree with part of it. I'm not sure about the five years at the end of it. Um, I would hope so. It'd be great. But I, I agree with the smash. Um, I think it'd be a great thing to have. And, uh, and hopefully everything passes and we, and we can experience that. Yeah. And we can see it in five years. That would be great. <laughs> Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh, currently being the number two RPI team. Is that overrated or underrated? Church, you do not have to answer this. You play them this weekend. We play them. You don't have to answer that. That is a Brian Lee question only. Are they overrated or underrated at number two? I mean, it's hard to be much more overrated. Well, yeah. Only be number one. They're very good. Are they underrated? And they deserve to be in the top 20s. And they're probably going to be in the NCAAs for the first time since Randy got there. I mean, that's kudos to him. That was the long haul and really had to bring the program up. He's done a great job, but number two, are you kidding me? That's <laughs> okay. no, no, they're not the second best team. 
in the country. Okay. Santa Clara, on the other side, is number 68. Are they underrated or overrated? Robbie, you go first on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I think they're underrated. I think they're underrated. I think there's a team you never want to play. Yeah. You know, Jerry, Jerry comes up with his bag of tricks, and he will change things and move players around and change formations, and he's not going to make it easy on anybody. As, as you start to look at them, they're starting that climb a little bit. Mm-hmm. They Sometimes they start off and they struggle a little bit earlier, but that October climb that, that uh, Santa Clara gets into, it is, is, I saw where they beat Pacific or something this weekend, that climb has started. So you hope, you know, you don't want them in your bracket in November. Yeah. No, and they, right. I would say, obviously they're, they're underrated for how good they are, but the, your results are your results and they've lost to UC Davis and they've lost to Pacific. So uh, yeah. in the end, results are results, yeah. but yes, they're underrated. All right. We're moving. Lamar is number 38 in the current RPI. Can a Southland team stay in the top 50 and get an at-large bid? Uh, overrated. Overrated. Yes. overrated. Yeah. No. Okay. All right, we'll keep moving. All right, here we go. You got to think a little bit on this one. In the current top 51 of the RPI, the Pac-12 has seven. Mm. The ACC has 11. The SEC has 10. The Big Ten has six. The Big 12 has three. That is 37. Take out five for their automatic qualifiers for the Power Five. And that leaves you 32 teams. Out of 33 at-larges, will there be 32 teams from the Power Five? Overrated or underrated? You're saying from the power five. 32 teams. Of the 33 available bids. Overrated. I'm going to say overrated as well. You Go ahead, Robbie. Yeah, overrated would be – it would. it's going to be not 32 teams for that group, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. be overrated, yep. Yeah. Okay, no. They're, they're definitely overrated. Okay. They're not going to be 32 bids out of that group. Yeah. Pepperdine, Portland are getting a bid. St. Louis, if they lose their tournament, Georgetown, if they lose their tournament, Xavier's up there high. Well, yeah, Browns high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Now, now some really fun ones. Are international friendlies overrated or underrated for the national? Overrated. They they suck. Overrated. Overrated (laughs) in. Injuries, taking players away from teams. It, what what's good about them? What what is good about, <laughs> about fans like them? Fans about like international playoffs right before or international friendlies right before your playoffs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah fun luck. times. That's lovely. All right, yeah, the NWSL guys are loving that. All right, here we go. College statisticians handing out assists like candy. Overrated <laughs> or underrated? <laughs> Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Brian? I'm go, I'll go first. Well, there was one time, I'm pretty sure Auburn had an 11-year streak of leading of the SEC's leading assist maker, <laughs> only to be broken by former Auburn assistant coach not <laughs> going to Ole Miss. So, I see the links. That's so, not true. That is false. I don't move. know if it's underrated or overrated, but they, they don't get that many assists. We will all 
every goal instruction for coach to uh to person is every goal will have double and triple assist <laughs> okay i don't care if it's a penalty kick you've got to come you have to come up with double you get two assists triple. on the pk two, two, right. two passes before that is assist on the pk like it here's the next one we got it we got some more here uh fans behind the goals in college games overrated underrated I'll go underrated. I love it. Yeah, I was... We don't have them at Rice, but I think it creates a great environment. You know, as long as they're keeping it clean and nothing offensive, yeah. you do need to have like a, uh, whatever they call the people in the crowds, a, an employee there kind of monitoring what the kids might say just in case it gets a little out of control. But I think they bring a great environment. It makes it like college basketball. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Same thing here. NC State has a great, does a great job with their fans behind the goal too. You know, they have flares go off, different things go off over there. They stayed the whole game the other day in our, in our game with them. And then in the old days when Maryland was in the ACC, and I'm sure it's the same thing, but great environment behind the goals. And and a lot of times, a lot of times, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. They come, yeah. they become very creative. All right, here we go. Padding attendance stats for <laughs> recruiting, overrated, underrated. <laughs> <laughs> overrated. You don't overrated. think it, you can't, don't think it helps? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I think it's it's like the double and triple assist. <laughs> uh, it's done by the same person on double triple. We've got to add fifty people twice. To the <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty uh, common in your league, which uh, if people don't know, I was in for a long time as well. So here's what I did one time, and this is dead serious. So a couple of teams were doing it in the SEC and, and I'm over at LSU and they were selling, it was people with men's teams were selling a joint season tickets. Yeah, yeah. Well, there may have been drawn 2000 people a game for the last 30 years yeah. and you, you automatically get the season ticket sales. Right. So what I proposed to our athletic administration was I want to give a free soccer season ticket. Let's just include soccer with the football stadium <laughs> season ticket. So right now LSU holds about 102,000 and we would shatter and we would have shattered every record. What's the difference? Every, every recruit would have loved that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian Lee's got 102,000 people in, his in a 1500 seat stands. It's incredible. It's, well, all right. Now we get into some good ones. Darren, pay attention. The show Ted Lasso overrated, underrated. Underrated. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's a tearjerker almost every week. I mean, I mean, people like Beebs, Beebs, Mr. Soccer thinks, oh, he hasn't watched it yet because he doesn't think it's a good enough show. Uh, Believe that, Brian? No, I don't. You know, Mr. Tough Soccer Guy. Him and and Rob both. Him and Rob both. Um, All right. Here we go. If you're not watching House of Dragons, you're missing the best TV show on the planet, overrated, underrated. Un- underrated, I've never seen it. Uh, underrated, I think I just heard about it for the first time today. Oh, you guys, you some <laughs> losers. Never seen All right, now we're getting to some fun ones. Um, the picker being mentioned on 71 out of 72 total shows, underrated, overrated. <laughs> We've had 72 shows, we made 71. Oh, it- what do you think, Brian? Uh, overrated. He's been on a dry spell. 
You haven't been a good job about bringing him up. Oh, okay. So it's my fault. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Here we go. This is my favorite. Well, Robbie, next two are my Robbie was talking about. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Robbie. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, he won't call me back. I've tried twice. To call. <laughs> if I say overrated, I won't get a call till what twenty twenty five from him. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. so I'm gonna, probably so. Uh, I'm gonna go underrated. So call me back. Yep. All right. Here we go. Uh, uh, Robbie scoring goals in his over 60 league <laughs> and winning every P for the season is overrated or underrated. Uh, that's, that's underrated. I, I am 99% sure that's happening. He's the fittest guy in the over so, 60 Turkey, league. Like who sponsors this league is like the AED guys that case okay, somebody defibrillators <laughs> who makes defibrillators <laughs> like defibrillators on the oh, sidelines. No. Hold like, on, this is not a league, okay? Uh, and I have four goals this morning. We then, play every every See? Tuesday, every Tuesday at seven fifteen to eight thirty. We had twenty over sixty and seventy players today, so we wow. play into two. We play we play small goals, double goals, side by side, okay? And we go. We probably start about seven twenty five and then cut it off at eight. Take a, a water break, and then we're back at eight to eight thirty. I think we went over to eight thirty five today. So um, seriously, has anybody had a heart attack or <laughs> any issues? You like, is there an ambulance on site? Like, no. as a nursing home sponsor, like, like what's going on? No, it's a nil. Maybe nursing home would be a good nil for us. Okay, <laughs> with, with that, but no, we have no sponsors. We go so early, so we try to, that nobody knows we're playing. <laughs> There's no film of this. No film to be well, shown. To be what shown if somebody tears an ACL at age sixty-seven? Yeah. What's that look like? What's that look like? It's ugly. Really, <laughs> really, really ugly. All right. Let's keep it moving. I got a few more. Our producer, Darren, having seven pickleball paddles and a pickleball jugs machine. Overrated <laughs> or underrated? <laughs> Ryan, I'll let you go first. I'm going to say underrated. So that is commitment to the cause. If you have a pickleball jugs ball machine... Yeah. That is commitment to self-improvement at something. Holds a hundred balls, boys. Holds a hundred. Oh my that's that's awesome. That is absolutely my wife wants that. You just cost me money when she finds out there's a pickleball jug machine over there. And it's got a remote you can take with us. It can change it on the other side of the court. Oh, look at that. Big time. All right. Um two more. Here we go. Since moving Matt to the first chair. And Brian to the second chair, and adding Robbie, the downloads have skyrocketed. CP moving on to the pros has been the best thing that's happened to college soccer nation. Overrated or underrated? Oh my god! Underrated uh, because he's happy as a clam as well. <laughs> you know, I used to be I'd walk around fields, everyone like, "There's that grumpy SMU coach." Yeah. Now it's. There's that happy Red Stars coach. No, you know, when they show him on the sideline, he's still grumpy, but they only show him for two or three seconds, you know, three times a match. That's it. No one realizes how how miserable he is during the game. But yeah. Uh Robbie, what do you think? Overrated, underrated. Underrated. Underrated with it too. <laughs> too. We we miss him. He did a great he did a great job and congratulations to him. Yeah. To, yeah, me. making the playoffs. Oh, great. They playoffs. had a game come a couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Last one. I like this one. Brian's made-up stats and percentages is grandioso comments a third of the way through the season 
on who is walking to the conference titles, etc., is overrated or underrated? <laughs> I think underrated. Uh, I think they're underrated too. So I, I do. I'm going underrated. Yeah. No, I, I'm going overrated. I go <laughs> underrated as well. And I was prepping for this week. Alabama looks like they're walking to the title. <laughs> That's a new one. They look good. Yeah. 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 Imagine that. We play them on yeah. Thursday. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Um, team of the weeks. Uh power nine. I'm going first. I'm gonna go with Michigan State with a win over Penn State 2-1 and then bounce and come back on Sunday with a resounding 4-0 win over Maryland. Um, great week for Michigan State. And, I mean, what a job he's doing at Michigan State. And then they got the big one on uh, this, I think it's Sunday, against Michigan, one game week. They play Michigan, so huge, huge, huge uh, game for them. Uh, and get big game for Michigan, right? And they want to try and climb back in this thing. They're going to need some wins and – that would, uh, be, that would be a good one to start. But uh, congrats to them up at Michigan State. I, uh, I'll keep it in the Big Ten, Ohio State. Oh, that's my upset. <laughs> upset. 4-0 Indiana, 3-0 Penn State, 7-0 aggregate uh, over two good teams. And really, whoa. arguably. Whoa, 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 whoa. Two good teams? Get two good teams. And I was going to say, arguably, a top 10 team, Penn State. Yes, Penn State's great. I don't know. I, I picked Indiana towards the bottom. Churchy gave me a lot of grief for it. How are they doing, Churchy? No offense to them, of course, but I'm just trying to say how I was right. Um, anyway. Of course you are. <laughs> I'm sure Irwin doesn't listen, so we're good. <laughs> All right, Churchy, what you got? Well, you know, I was going to stay in the Big Ten because I think Northwestern is 9-0-2 in the last 11 games, which is, is a shout-out. But I'm going to stay – I'm going to the ACC, and I'm going to go to, I guess, today. I'm going to go Virginia Tech for beating North Carolina yeah. 2-1 at home, and that takes Virginia Tech um, to a very underrated team. Boy, very good team at 9-2-1 and one on the season. So congratulations to the Hokies. All right. Love it. All right, 9-9 power week. I got to go with my boy, the picker, Sanford. Going to the elements, huge drive, you know, lost and tied. Two guys on this show were doubting them last week um, and saying they had to wait till the Greensboro score and all this stuff. But I stood true to my boy at Sanford and uh, Toddy going, beating Greensboro, beating VMI 2-0, getting, jumping back in that race for the SoCon, his ninth in the year. Uh, and with a backup goalkeeper, mind you. So uh, congrats to the wait, to the Wait pick. a second. So you – think it's a possibility his spicy social media guy who said don't poke the bear or whatever he said <laughs> after they beat somebody five nil could he have been talking to robbie and i were we the ones poking oh the bear? yeah maybe he was is maybe. that a good point brian maybe, maybe so yeah all right we well, got churchy nine nine i am i am going with idaho out of the big sky they're mm. eight eight oh and two in their last 10 games this week they went on the road to Montana and Northern Colorado, won both of them one nothing. But what a nice start to the season that the University of Idaho has done. So good job out in the big sky by Idaho. Yeah, they were on my list too. They've won all four conference games, one nil. Yep. Four right. in a row. Yep. And that Montana one, that's a really good win and a big leg up. Yep. All right. Uh my non-power nine is the Chattanooga Mox, mm -hmm. the shock leader of the yeah. Southern Conference. 
in front of traditional power, Sanford and Furman. Um, big win over Greensboro, who we all think is a good team. And setting up the biggest home game in the history of Chattanooga soccer with the picker coming to town yeah. on Thursday. Must win for Sanford. We'll see on Chattanooga, but huge week for them to set this up. Great start. And and really, that's the biggest game in their program's history. Uh, um, a lot of talk of Southern Con. SoCon's getting a lot of love this uh, love. this show. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, upset. You guys already talked about it. I was going with Ohio State over Penn State. It was a huge win. Um, so, who you got, Brian? I got South Florida 1-0 at SMU. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, South Florida yeah, struggling. And there weren't as many upsets this week. Either. There weren't. It was hard to find. There was. I South agree. Florida's not their normal South Florida. Um, so a big win on the road, put a dent in SMU, walking to the yeah, AAC. The walk. The walk got a little tougher. They might have to start jogging. All right, <laughs> 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 hey, I Well, I had two, and they both been talked about, Ohio State and Penn State. Um, you know, congratulations to the uh, to Lori and her staff at Ohio State, and then Virginia Tech two in North Carolina one. Yeah. Big, 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 big win. Big, big. All right, Churchy. Um, let's go. Uh, big games. Big games. Got a lot of big games. There's a couple of conferences with double games this weekend. So we start off on Thursday in the in the pack. We start off with uh, UCLA hosting Arizona for a, a shot. If anybody's going to beat UCLA, they've only there's probably only two or three more teams that that have they have left there. I love this game. Florida State is traveling is is hosting Virginia. Oh, I'm sorry. I think Florida State is traveling to Virginia. Yeah, two top te- top two teams in the ACC are playing each other. Um, Alabama going to SEC. Alabama is hosting Mississippi. Mm. Okay, that will be a spicy one for sure. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> um, also, North Carolina and AC going back to ACC. North Carolina is hosting Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh coming in with their high RPI is playing both North Carolina and Duke on the week on the weekend too. So, but they'll start off there. Uh, in the Big East, Georgetown and Xavier are playing each other. So it seems to be a lot of the the top two teams in in the conferences, or some of the teams at the top of the league, are playing. Back to the pack, Stanford is hosting Washington, and then in the Sun Belt is a good game. Texas State has anybody been following Texas State? Yeah, Texas State has yeah. really done a great job, um, and and they're going to be hosting James Madison, mm. which uh, is, would be a really big game. A really big game in the Sun Belt. And, and going on Friday, a, a really big one in the Big Ten will be Northwestern hosting Wisconsin. Two of the top two Ooh. teams in the in the conference playing each other. One's, uh, Wisconsin's 5-0, and oh, Northwestern's 4-0-1. Oh, uh, so that will be a good one to follow. And then as you guys just talked about in, in the Southern Conference, Chattanooga will be hosting will be hosting Sanford as a top as a top game too. On Saturday, WCC. Portland. Also, if you look at Portland, Rolling. they're yeah. undefeated team. Great job, great job. There will be hosting. Will be hosting Pepperdine, and a really big game in this in the uh, WCC. And then finishing up on Sundays, a bunch of great games. So Florida State has to go to Virginia, uh, plays Virginia on Thursday. Then they turn around and they have to go to Notre Dame on on Sunday, uh, which will be a huge game. Alabama, same thing. Uh, LSU will be hosting Alabama on Sunday. Duke will be hosting Pittsburgh. Um, Stanford will be hosting, which I think is a very underrated team. I think we've talked about it. We'll be hosting Washington State, Toddy's group. Toddy's group but it should be a really big game. And a big game in the uh, in the A-10 
Dayton, has anybody looked at that? 12-1-1. One, and one. They've done a, what a fantastic job they've done. They'll be hosting VCU, which has done well this year with, the, you know, also had an earlier tie. And then the last big game comes from Conference USA, where the Rice Owls, it's 4-0 in the conference, will be hosting uh, Conference USA power, traditional power, North Texas. Uh, so good luck on that one, Brian. Uh, when we talk about big games, Robbie too brings it with the big games. Every game is a big game, huge game, massive game. Well, they kind big of are. Time Did you hear for those games? That is. Yeah, they are. It's fantastic. Half the leagues, the two league leaders. Yeah. 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 Xavier Georgetown, the James Madison, Texas State one. That's that's interesting. Tasty yep. little nugget in it. That's what it's it called. Tasty little nugget. All right, Church, give us a minute or two on uh, on our guest, Chugger. Did I say that at the beginning? Chugger Adair is our guest. I apologize if I haven't. Chugger is uh, Chugger is coming in uh, from Virginia Tech for our guests. Excited about Obviously, that. Obviously, Chugger and his team's coming off a fantastic win, beating North Carolina at home in our single game week last time. I mean, you know, I, I think Chugger is probably one of the most underrated coaches in the country uh, since we're playing overrated and underrated. Yeah. Well, we'll, go, we'll go underrated yes, here. Yes, agreed. Year in, year out, you don't want to go to Blacksburg. You don't want to play Chuggers team because they're going to fight. They're going to claw. They're going to scratch for the whole 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, he does an absolutely fantastic job um, w- with that group, too. So, uh, And he's also a very good friend. So great. I think you're going to enjoy Chugger a great deal. Perfect. All right, Churchy, good luck this weekend. We have a couple of dubs. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next Monday or Tuesday. Mondays have been tough, so we've been sliding to Tuesday. But – um. We'll see what this week Thanks. brings. All right, Churchy. Good luck. Good luck, Good luck Thanks. See you. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Apologize. The uh, internet in uh, Blacksburg, Virginia is not working very well. So we're going to go ahead and reschedule Chugger uh, for next week. And uh, I think it'd be really fun conversation. It was a fun conversation. We just could only hear other, any, every other word. Um, so we're going to put a wrap on this one this week. Um, Brian, what are you looking forward to this week? Games, games, games. It's October. Yeah. Matt. You know, you know, you do call yourself the Reggie Jackson of uh, college soccer. There it is. It's been October. <laughs> so, you know, we got North Texas this week. Big game. You got Alabama. We got big Alabama game. and Texas A&M. Double week for us. So no when this pass. weekend's over, we're we're more than halfway over. We'll have four games left after uh, Sunday night. We will have four games left in the SEC to figure out who's going to the beach. Oh, and, boy. And all the other stuff. Yeah, it's getting it's getting dicey. And again, two only two draws, I think, so far. Um, so that's interesting too. Maybe this Sunday we'll see. Maybe there'll be more with this Sunday afternoon. But some big games in our league, and yeah, with no none bigger than uh, for us as we're headed to uh, we're headed to Alabama. Um, take on a very good Crimson Tide team, and then back here for for Texas A and M. All right, Brian. Well, good luck. That was a fun fun show. A little shorter than normal. We'll get Chugger on next week. You look forward to talking to him. But we want to certainly get something out this week. Uh, Over under was fun. Good conversation. Always comical with us group. Um, so those that listen, appreciate it. Good luck to all the coaches that are listening and playing and um, College Soccer Nation for this Tuesday after- evening is out.